You've reached the voicemail for Out of Game. Leave us a question or comment, and we'll be happy to play it on the show unless you tell us otherwise. Hi, guys. Kenneth Spong here from Southern Indiana. First, I love the podcast. Uh, I've been listening from the start. I've got a couple things to say here. Uh, one, Tom Vassell. What's wrong with you, man? These guys need to be on the Vice Tower uh, Network. It's just time to make that happen, pal. It's overdue. The fans want it. The OOG fans want it. Want it. Welcome to Out of Game Episode 15. In today's episode, we celebrate some big news, introduce a new contest, and give you our Top 10 Games 2015 edition. This is your host, Ryan. Join me and Chris as we go out of game. Welcome to episode 15 of Out of Game. This is Ryan. And this is Chris. In case this is your first time listening, we are a podcast about board games. As you heard from Kenneth Spawn's voicemail, I, I've kind of coined him as the prophet. He is the out of game prophet. He is the prophet. For his prophetic voicemail. And I know you haven't heard the whole voicemail yet, but part one of the voicemail where Kenneth says, you know, Tom Vessel, it's about time for Out of Game to be on the Dice Tower Network. Well... Tom Vessel has listened. Whether that was smart of him or not, who cares? It's huge. We're on the Dice Tower Network. We are. A goal that we've been trying to achieve since day one. And we're very excited and appreciative to Tom and whoever else was involved with deciding to let us on the network. So thank you, Dice Tower, for allowing us to be on this great network of podcasts. And we have a lot to talk about today, actually. A jam-packed episode. Because it's kind of a celebration episode for joining the Dice Tower Network, we decided to go back in time to the first episode where we did our top 10 games, and we're going to bring it to you again, giving you our top 10 games of all time. All time. But before we get into that, let's start the spawn point. He's a great addition to the podcast. I think you guys need to make him a permanent addition. He's exactly what you're, uh, exactly what you guys have been missing. He's got that the, the miniatures game player that you're missing from the group. Uh, he's got the extra relationship personality to add to the group uh, that it just brings out personality and the other two as well. And I, I really enjoyed this last episode with him on. I hope to hear more with him and uh, keep the podcast growing strong. See you later. So, that was an interesting prediction. It was. The prophet Ken the Spawn has spoken again, which is interesting. It's very interesting because we completely agree with you, Kenneth. And that is why we have decided to let Tim join us as a permanent co-host of Out of Game. Tim, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Thanks. Glad to be here. Tim, when Chris and I first started the podcast, we we gave our kind of our gaming background, which I know you did a little bit of before, but why don't you just kind of tell us a little more about how you got into gaming and give us some more of your, your background. Pretty much, uh, I am a lifelong geek. Started playing Dungeons & Dragons in the fourth grade. 
started with a group of like 10 friends. One of my buddies invited us over to the house, and uh, that kind of began everything. So getting to that got me into minis, and we'd buy minis. And then watching my dad paint his model ships and boats, I started painting minis, which led to more miniature play. And then from there, we continued on into doing more like role-playing with other systems. And then finally, board games came on. It's a pretty recent thing for us. Uh, probably the last three years, I've been an avid board gamer. You know, one of my still classic board games is Risk. Used to play that with my brothers all the time, and uh, so it always a kind of little <laughs> has a little place in my heart because uh, we played that so much when we were younger. And my brother pretty much refuses to play with me uh, ever since because uh, he never would win. And it's smart. Not playing Risk with you is smart. Is it not playing Risk with me or not playing Risk? Not playing Risk. Yeah, you could take off the with you. So that is Tim. We're, we're pretty excited to have Tim. And just a little more background. We've been gaming with Tim forever. Uh, the three of us have games together in role-playing, in Magic, uh, now board games. So we go back. We have a lot of stories to share and history there. And I, I do want to also say that when Chris and I started the podcast, the idea of adding Tim was immediately on the table. But we, Chris and I, at the time, we weren't sure how it was going to how the podcast was going to go, how long it was going to last or anything. We wanted to see it kind of get our feet under us first. So uh, we're pretty happy to have you on board, Tim. Yeah, it's, perfect, it's perfect timing, too, with the Dice Tower Network yeah. and being part of that now and bringing Tim on board because he does bring a lot to the table. I mean, you and I, Ryan and I have been doing this for months now, and we, we're both very different with what we bring to the, to the show, and Tim adds even more color. So I think it's going to be a good addition. Yeah, and I think we mentioned before, but Tim, you're like the only one of us that's into miniatures, so that'll be a nice addition to the show, I think. Yeah, that's uh, been a big, avid part, and uh, actually a lot of the board games these days uh, attract me are the ones that have the miniatures, so. Yeah. Do you paint miniatures? Yes, so it's uh, it's one of those fun hobbies. I find it relaxing. Usually it ends up being my Sundays, uh, you know, watching football, and then during all the thousands of commercials, I paint. <laughs> You know, painting is one of those things that it's like a hole in my gaming uh, arsenal. I don't know how to paint miniatures. You couldn't do that. You have the uh, the shaky, shaky hand problem. Yeah. But I've heard that it doesn't take talent. It just takes like learning a skill set. There, there is definitely a lot of specific skills that you can do that will you know make your miniature look good. I mean, it's never going to win a painting contest, but it still look really good on a game table. Yeah, and there's like like shadows over Camelot. I've I've been wanting to paint those and. It actually, it discourages me because of my OCD. I want the miniatures to be painted. So it, it actually bothers me to buy games that have miniatures because I know that I won't be able to paint them. Yeah, and actually, I think they're almost on purpose doing this, like with Imperial Insult and stuff, that they're unpainted because people are enjoying painting these miniatures for the game rather than having them come pre-painted and stuff. Right. Like um, uh, X-Wing, they're all painted, right? Yeah, all the X-Wing things are pre-painted, but there's a there's a huge community out there that do repaints, and they take a ship and repaint it for themselves because it's it's that big of a hobby. Yeah. And I just can't... I couldn't make myself spend money to to send in miniatures to get painted. I'd rather just buy another game. Yeah, I don't, for me, I don't think I could do that. I wouldn't have the patience to... <laughs> <laughs> I'd actually be. You should like start a periscope of you painting, trying to paint. <laughs> should periscope that. That'd be great. So uh, you know, being that this is the Dice Tower Network celebration episode, we're gonna have a contest. Woohoo! Contest. Nice. <laughs> so 
There's a, there's a game right now that you could try to go out and buy, but you wouldn't be able to unless you bought it on the secondary market for $50. And it's a $20 game. And that game is Codenames from designer Vlada Svatel. We're, wait, wow. we're giving that away? Yeah. Wow. I'm just giving it away. Codename Ajax. Can I enter the contest? Um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. It, you know, Tim and I are thinking about kicking you off, so. <laughs> then I can, then, then I'm eligible. Join, yeah. eligible, yeah. <laughs> it might be worth it. So here's how this contest is going to work. We do not have enough ratings on iTunes currently on iTunes currently to even display the rating, which, which is our fault because we never asked anyone to review us. And I've never even gone out and reviewed our own show because I thought that would be a cheap thing to do, even though I know most people do that. So what we'd like you to do is go out to iTunes and give us a review. You can get to iTunes by going to our website at outofgamepodcast.com. Click the iTunes logo. On the left side, it tells you uh, that you can rate the podcast. On top of that, we need you to email us and let us know that you gave a review and just tell us what ID you used in order to write the review. In addition, you can leave us a voicemail at 40OOG80 and ask us a question or make a comment or something that you want us to play on the show. And also email us at outofgamepodcast at gmail.com and let us know that that was you on the voicemail. Yeah, just no matter what you do, send the email. Yeah, we need an email so we can connect you to whatever we saw. Thirdly, if you would like a third entry in the contest, in the email, ask us another question for the show. So you could have a total of three entries in the contest. If you leave us a review, leave us a voicemail, and in your email that you have to send us, Ask us a question. What do you guys think about that? That's good. I so think it's okay. good, but what, what about me? I'm an Android user. I don't have iTunes. Uh, you're going to have to make an iTunes account. Oh, it's free. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. And then, and then once you do do the review, just delete just it. Just get rid of it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then it'll say something like anonymous user. Nice. Your review. <laughs> so anyways, that's it. If you would like to win a copy of the game code names from us, do that, and the deadline for this contest is December 1st at 11.59 p.m. CST. That is the deadline. Wait, what date? December 1st. That's a while from now. That's like a month. Okay. We're, we're going to go through two episodes, maybe three. Okay. Until then. deal. A lot of time so for you, people to enter. A lot of yeah, time. You know, it's probably questionably one of the best games that it's a good we've prize. given away. So we're kind of excited to, to give this game out to a lucky listener. One more thing I will add. We will, of course, be shipping this game to you for free unless you live outside the United States, at which point we will ship, we'll pay the first $10 of the shipping. I think that's what we did last time. I think it's fair. And it turned out to be an out, uh, someone outside the U.S. last time. Well, so. we're very big in Guam, from what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And those fishermen, you know, maybe we should look at uh, hooking up with a fisherman. He could like start delivering for us. Yeah. We'll have to look into that. You know... Now that we're on the Dice Tower Network, I still feel like we, we have something to say to Tom Vassell. So I've prepared, we've, prepared, we've prepared another letter for Tom Vassell, and it goes a little something like this. Dear Tom Vassell, thank you for recently adding us to the Dice Tower Network. As an aside, please do not open any of the mail we recently sent to your house. In fact... It may be best to burn said mail in an outdoor fire pit while standing at a safe distance. 40 feet or so should do it. Sincerely, the Out of Game Podcast. To be a great champion, you must believe you are the best. If 
you're not. Pretend you are. And now it's time for some fake it till we make it. What? Do we what? even need fake it till we make it? <laughs> so, you know, we've been faking it. We've been faking it to get on the Dice Star Network, and now we're on. So what we are we? It. What are we going to do? We made it. We don't have to fake it. Well, we have other things to fake. I've decided to repurpose what we're faking because okay. there's demand for this segment. I had at least two people ask me about it. <laughs> what are you going to do with fake it till you make it? So this is what we're going to fake now. As, as I've spoken about before, there is an award called the Golden Geek Award for Best Board Game Podcast. And the Dice Tower won this award in its inaugural year. And, you know, as we're aspiring to be like the Dice Tower, I figured, why not imitate them and go for the Golden Geek Award? So until we win the Golden Geek Award for Board Game Podcast, we might as well continue to do the segment. Let's do it. We're just Sounds now good. at this point now, we're just basically pretending to be as cool as the Dice Tower. Sounds good, right? Right. So how we're going to do this, since we're, since we're actually answering these questions now, we're going to be answering them on the, on the actual Dice Tower podcast. I've decided just to go back through the archive of questions from the Dice Tower, which there's plenty of. They have, I think they're on like episode 400 and something at this point. So there's plenty of questions to go through. So we're just going to start at the most recent ones and work our way backwards. So Chris... Is there a game in your collection that you will never get rid of, even though you may never play it again, and why? Yeah, there, there's actually a couple games, but one I just saw recently. It was, it was going through my stuff, and I saw this game, Supremacy. What? It's um, Yeah, it's from the 80s, late 80s maybe. It was built off of kind of the Risk idea. Oh, but great. Then they added, fun. <laughs> they added, you know, the best, one of the best games ever. Um, Classic. But they added resource management and money to it and made it, you know, obviously still Game of War. Uh, but the games took really long. And so it's one of those games that didn't have a lot of lasting power. We played a few times. Had some fun. There, there was some fun memories with that game. Like, I remember Saudi Arabia. Everybody, It was like the Australia for the Risk game was Saudi Arabia okay. because the resources were great. It was a good strategic location. You had nukes and SDI. What is an SDI? SDI allows you to prevent a nuclear weapon from exploding. So it's it's the Strategic Defense Initiative. Uh. Like around the time you were born <laughs> when <laughs> this was actually going on in the 80s. Um yeah, the, so when you got enough technology, you could develop nuclear weapons. And what we always found, interestingly, this goes to you know social political issues, is that when one person developed that technology, there was a good chance they would be used. Okay. When yeah. two people had the technology, nobody used them because there's mutually assured. Why wouldn't they team up and bomb cool. everyone else? Because they had big heads from being able to develop nuclear weapons and they want to push everybody around. But they never shot them because there would be retaliatory strikes. And when SDI came along, there was a lot of nuclear war then because then you felt like it was, you could you could stop a nuke from happening. Potentially it was a die roll involved with that. And uh, it also, it costs, I think, a um, billion dollars to build one SDI. So it was In expensive. the 80s? No, in the wow. game. <laughs> is that paper money? Yeah, it was, it, was, it was crazy money. The money was like Monopoly money on steroids. Okay. But it was, it was a fun game. It's not one of those games I would ever recommend anybody, but there's memories associated with it, and I'm never going to get rid of it. I still see that box. I still remember some of those games from, uh, gosh, 30 years ago now, and it's classic times. So you know this game's only rated like 1,000 higher than Tic-Tac-Toe? <laughs> hey, we beat Tic-Tac-Toe. Nice. <laughs> 
<laughs> Isn't the playtime like 360 minutes or something yeah, insane like that, too? Boy, 360. That's probably one of the faster games. <laughs> yeah, yeah those, they usually lie on those playtimes. So so how, how would you compare this game to Risk? Well, Risk is much simpler. It's a, it's, it's a very obvious goal in Risk. And in Supremacy, it's a little different because you've got to manage your resources. You've got to decide what you want to do with your territories and your money. There's a little more thinking involved, and obviously the games are much longer. Risk is, I would, if the two games were in front of me and we were going to play one, it would be Risk. It's just easier to play than Supremacy. Although you would choose, Ryan Ryan would choose Supremacy because it's a new game. Well, then you get to play a new game and you have the aha moment. That's not true because you rated, you just rated Risk higher than this, so there's no way I'm ever playing this. Yeah, but that's my opinion. Your opinion might be different. (laughs) You might like it better than Risk. Yeah. That would be hard not to like something better than Risk. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Supremacy. You, Supremacy. You should bring this over sometime. I just I want to look at it. Yeah, I'll do, it'd be interesting to see. It's like uh, like Tim's game that he showed. It's like an artifact. Yeah. It's, it's nice. really old. There's no moving parts or anything. Is it in a massive box? It's a pretty big box, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't look good on my shelf then. Actually, it would look good on your shelf. It's got a nice font. The color's kind of sleek. Oh. Um, it's a little big, but I think it would look good. Okay. Yeah. I don't think you're going to find mine on there, so... Uh, okay, what is it? Mine is Dark Tower. Oh, I, I know about that game. Actually, I, I brought it. You have Dark Tower? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, Dude. So, you got to get some of these classic sounds that are on this game. i got to wait for it to warm up first, though, so... <laughs> Tim just literally pulled out this game out of a bag. <laughs> Dude, yeah. do you know... The- He's holding up a plastic foot-long tower that's painted black. It is the Dark Tower. And you can go things like go to the bazaar. This is awesome. And see, now here it's, it's asking me if I want to buy some warriors. So we're, we're just going to do that real quick, buy him food and get that done. And spends my gold and then we're done. I, I, I end my turn. Do you know that there are not very many working copies of that game This is an amazing thing. Let's, let's go to the tomb. This is awesome. We've got to play this on game night. Problem is, it's only a four-player game. Uh, well, we're so now, playing it. Now we're fighting a bunch of brigands here. This might take a little while. We just got to get these classic... There's a win. <laughs> I thought there were words. There's no words? Oh, there's a loss. <laughs> we got nine warriors. There's three brigands left. We're winning. <laughs> oh, we lost a lot more guys. We're down to eight guys. Oh my gosh, dude. You're going to have to edit the crud out of it. <laughs> hey, we won! We just got 47 gold. Now we can go to the bazaar and spend a lot of money. And of course, there's the final... We won't do the, all the other ones. There's uh, moving and sanctuary and the frontier. And uh, here's the dark tower attack. This is like, of course, the king. It's like It sounds like you're playing Atari. Uh, that's, that's classic four-player. Got this for my birthday when I was, I don't know, seven, eight years old and uh, played uh, like mad and, yeah, still works, still fun. Haven't played it in probably 25 years, but 
I will definitely never get rid of this thing. We're playing it in a week. <laughs> okay, we're doing it? I've been wanting to play this. I've been hearing I've been hearing people talking about this game. You've got to be kidding. There aren't that many. Seriously, there aren't a lot of copies of that game that work still. Wow. So it's like Tim's copy of this is in like pristine condition. Yes. I, I was very anal. It looks child. like you bought it. Like you just took it out of the shrink wrap. That's pretty amazing. Wow. Good job, Tim. And by the way, it is on Board Game Geek, and it's rated 18, 17, which is pretty high wow. for an old game like that. So my game that I chose is my 1981 Axis and Allies game, which I didn't really buy in 1981, but that was when it was first printed. And the reason I chose this is because this is the first board game that I was ever completely obsessed with. First of many, I should say, (laughs) because I had a friend and he, he went to college an hour away and he would every weekend drive back home and we would play this game. It would take us the whole weekend to play a game. We would, we would play starting on like Saturday morning. We'd play for 12 hours and then we'd put it to the side and then we'd come back on Sunday afternoon and, and finish it. And then he would go back to school. And we, and we did that probably every weekend for I don't even know how long. And it was kind of funny because he eventually quit that college and, and came back and moved back home. And I have a theory that it was because he wanted to play Axis and Allies more. <laughs> And that was my friend Aaron that we did that. And I was completely obsessed, as you might guess. I created a Excel logbook for us to record the position and number of armies and tanks and everything on the board. Because he had cats, and we were worried they were going to like <laughs> knock them over. And I was really stupid, actually. Instead of like making a number for every sea space or whatever, I described them. Like, the sea space left of Gibraltar would be a space and that would that would be like the the row name <laughs> and then we'd write like how many armies and we recorded all the money and whose turn it was and we recorded we could record everything wow. and i posted it out on like this hobby site too and p- other people were using it so yeah access and allies and they have better more streamlined versions of access and allies now that don't take as long but and i have one of those but i'll never get rid of this original one because we had so much fun playing it so that's my answer you know i think it's time to move on to some table talk table talk you're listening to Out of Game, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. No, really, they aren't pretending anymore. For other legitimate Dice Tower Network podcasts, go to Dicetowernetwork.com. All right, so top 10 games. We are doing our top 10 current favorite games. See, I didn't know there was a distinction between top 10 games of all time and current favorites, but I have been corrected. By my fellow hosts. Yeah, we had a big talk. We had a discussion about this offline. The idea of your all-time favorite games, your current favorite games. What's the difference? We had a lot of comparisons. Can you explain it? I'm not quite sure. sure I still get it. So, so a good example, um, the example I used when we were exchanging emails is the Safety Dance by the Men Without Hats. <laughs> this this was a song that was a really catchy song from the '80s. I would say, you know, it's if you had to rank like your if you had your your current playlist on your iPod or your MP3 player, this song wouldn't be on there. But it's a song that might be in your all-time list because there's memories associated with it. A lot of it has to do with what were you doing with your life when the song was out? Yeah. You know, Ryan was probably still inside his mom when the song was out. What year was this? <laughs> 1983. Uh, I was three years old. Oh, wow. Uh, so you were born. I was being potty trained. So it could remind you of that. Yeah. Those could your, be fond your memories. Your mom might have been doing the safety dance while you were going potty. <laughs> I was doing That's the potty right. dance. <laughs> exactly. So you have these memories associated with these older songs, and some of the classic songs would be akin to your all-time favorite gaming list. Okay. Whereas your current gaming list would be 
These are the games that would be on your MP3 player that you're listening to in your car, that you're listening to at work or wherever you listen to music. Uh, this is this is like our current our current game list or games we want to play now. These are games that if you had the choice now, what games would you play? This would be that list. Okay, okay. So that is how I made my list and how I put to put this in terms that makes sense to me. So we're we've started the Hall of Fame. And I think the all-time list would be games that would go in the Hall of Fame. Exactly, exactly. So, like, Battlestar Galactica, even though it does have a place in, like, my top 50 games, it's really more of, like, a Hall of Fame game for me at this right. point. And an all-time game. All right, makes sense. So these are our current favorite games, our top 10 current favorite games. And we are going to start with... Number 10. Chris. Number 10. So my number 10 game is Dead of Winter. Yeah. Dead of Winter is a game that uh, had a lot of hype when it came out. It was hard to buy this game. It was uh, really hot. And I think it's on board game week doing pretty well. Only number 10? Yeah, I'm surprised it's that low. I thought this would be higher. Well, in a previous life, in a, in a separate dimension, <laughs> when we recorded this podcast in a different universe, universe? it didn't even make the list. Like on wow. Fringe? Yeah, so exactly. Okay. In a reality that just never happened. What would your name be in the in the alternate Fringe universe? My name in the alternate. Let me get back to you on that. That's a good right. question. But Dead of Winter is it's a great game. I think this game would be higher on my list if we played the game with some house rules. I have okay. a hard time Uh-oh. when people take too long, which sometimes you get big time analysis paralysis with this game. It's a cooperative and issue. Yeah, the co-op, the co-op issue. If people move it along, um, and then there's some issues with the, the crossroads cards and the, and the flavor text sometimes taking too long to read. Uh, I was wondering if you had a problem yeah, with that. I liked it at first uh, because it was new and interesting. And then, you know, I, it's a little I, too long, I, I just it? want to move on with the game. Let's get to the choice. Some of the choices are interesting. And the, the game mechanic of the crossroads card is very good, but it takes too long sometimes. Uh, they need an app where they have someone with a, like a professional voice artist reading the crossroads cards. Well, but then you have to find it, and then well, some, you know, you know, so, yeah, looking at somebody while they're doing something on their phone is one of the most painful things in the world. If, if they made the app, you know, did a good enough job making it, it'd be real easy to find it. If the app was always listening and it triggered on its own and read the crossroads, it's like hold on and you stop could, the game. <laughs> that would be, be like great. okay, awesome. dead of winner. And then read the crossroads name. Like, okay, Google. Yeah, and then it would just read it. <laughs> That's not bad. Whose voice would they? Like, Will Wheaton or someone? You should be able to choose your voice, like on One Night Ultimate Werewolf. James Earl Jones? That would be good. That would be good. The, cool. the, uh, Christopher Lee? They need some, like, some creepy Did he music. die recently? Yes, Christopher Lee passed away recently. Rest in peace. Great guy out, out of the movies, too. Yeah. Uh, real stand-up guy. What a great actor he was, too. Maybe yeah. they could just clip words together from his movies for the app. Yeah, he, he had a he had a great voice. He did. I mean, wow, that'd be perfect. All right, well, I I like the choice of Dead of Winter. Yeah. I don't like the placement. I well, I think I, there are other honorable mentions too with some of the, some, the games that didn't make my top ten. That if you had the asterisk for house rules, they'd be higher. And I think this is one of them. Okay, all right. What do you think, Tim? My number ten is Blood Bowl. Blood Bowl. Yeah, this is another game I want to play. Yes, orcs and humans playing football, crashing, killing, crushing, getting knocked out. But I do like playing this in the vein of a league season, as opposed to just a one-time thing. I like the whole uh, player improvements and those kind of things that kind of enhance the game, and you can kind of build your team going forward, so you keep track of your salary and how much money you're making and all that kind of stuff. So this isn't this isn't a LARP, is it? No, this is not a LARP. So it's a board game? This is a board okay, game, yeah. So you're not yeah. actually fighting. Well, no, I mean, it, in, in in part, part of the game is, you know, since it's, you know, usually you've got some orcs or this, 
part of it is when you when you block someone, you could block them, take them down, and you know stick a shiv in them or whatever, and he actually dies on the field. And you get points if you do that kind of stuff, or if you block the guy so hard he, he gets injured. You get points for that, and your guy gets upgraded, and maybe his dexterity goes up, or maybe he gains another ability, and each character has special abilities. There's block and dodge and all kinds of things. And How long does a single match take? I'd say a single match, I'd probably starting off, it might take you an hour and a half, maybe a little more, just because you're trying to learn the rules. Once, once we had the rules down with the guys I was playing with, 45 minutes, okay. sometimes half bad. an hour, if it was, you know, it was a complete slaughter. Have you heard of the card game Blood Bowl Team Manager that came out? I don't know. I, I heard it. Show? I didn't look into it at all, but this kind of goes back to my minis thing. It's a board. We yeah. got minis. Yeah, we got dice. Custom dice. Oh. Custom dice. Oh, Just one up my list of one to play. So, yeah, it's a fun one. I like it. Okay. Did well, you ever play Dragon Dice? No. Oh, my God. You would, you, you would love that game. I've got Talk two containers dice. full of dragon dice. Is it all luck-based, or is it strategic? There's a little strategy. It's just it's, some strategy. It's, a, it's collectible, right? It's oh, collectible yeah, there's, dice. Yeah, they... It just went down. Well, but I mean... Custom dice. The collectible, collectible. The collectible. That's like it's, the magic problem. It's not like there's collect. I mean, there's rares, there's this, there's that, but, you know, there's... There's not that much of a difference between a rare and another rare. Do you have stuff. this game? Yes, I do. What the heck, Tim? I know I got it. We're everything. done podcasting. And we're gonna go look through your cabinet. <laughs> this is crazy. What other gems does he have? All right, my number ten is the game Kemet. Now you guys are probably looking at me thinking, "Huh? I wonder what that game's like." Yeah, I'm wondering and, where Miss Piggy is. And you know, <laughs> you know why you're thinking that because you refuse to play it multiple times, and it's unfortunate because. This game is the same designer that did a game that I suspect will be higher on some lists here, hmm. maybe, and a game that people love, and I think you guys really like this game. And speaking of Risk, the worst, one of the worst games ever made. One of the best games ever. <laughs> um, this game basically replaces that. It, it, it's like playing a game of Risk in an hour and a half with actual strategy and like an action point system and it's an actual fun. Wow. It's, it's really good. Uh, you have you have custom pieces. It's an Egyptian theme. Uh, there's like territories on the board that you're going out to take, and when you take one, you get a temporary point. But the, if someone takes it back from you, which is real easy, uh, they'll get the temporary point from you. So the score is always fluctuating. You're this trying to be the first one to. Kind of sounds like the Alien Frontier scoring system, where it is you're taking territories similar. on the moon. Yeah, I, I like area control, so that's definitely part of it. And this was number eight on my list before my previous list. So What's it's, wrong with it's it? Dropped a little. Oh, uh, some new games. You don't that, like it? No, Something I, wrong I with it? I can't get people to play it. Lack so that makes play. it worse. It, it makes well the games I play more, I tend to like more. Interesting. Which is weird, right? It's kind of against my nature. Uh, but anyways, Your nature's unpredictable. Number <laughs> <laughs> number ten for me is Kemet. Kemet. Number nine. So number nine, it's a it's a classic game we've played a lot and borderline played out. But although recently we haven't played this game in a while, The Resistance. Yeah. Simple game. You can play with a lot of people. You could play with just a few. Oh, and Tim is still sick of it. Yeah. Uh, we haven't played this in a while. I think it's one of those games that uh, the object of the game is simple, but completing the object of the game is difficult. And that's one of the reasons I like it. It's a good social game. Uh, you get people talking. You get to give people crap. We've had a lot of fights yeah. during these games. Yes, yes. A lot of anger issues and, and whatnot. <laughs> Because a variety of reasons, but I love the game. Uh, it's it's one of those games that you can get charged up during. You know, you get very fired up and uh, impassioned, and and then when you re- do the reveal at the end and you figure out who the spy was and who's not, you get to kind of meta game for a while afterward. 
And we've had some classic ones. So number nine, The Resistance. Uh, funnest part of that for me is making up the story in the beginning when you're the mission guy and trying to figure out the next mission to destroy one of Dave's books or something. Yeah, actually, That's I, right. that was the best. Uh, there was one game that we played where it was all about uh, all the missions were somehow related to Chris's book that he had just released. Right. I think at one point I, I had a mission to go bomb the warehouse where the book was stored on the Kindle Amazon Kindle servers. That's right. That was a good time. That was good. So you can. Uh, that's one thing I like about regular resistance. I actually have some uh, expansions for this that we've not played. They just add little tweaks to it. Uh, so just little rules here and there. Each each it's like a modular expansion. So you would just add yeah. in one module. I really want to try them. Some of them sound very fun. Yeah, I'd be up for that. So maybe we should pull this one back out sometime yeah, it could soon. Be. Uh, my number nine is Dominion. Ah, yes. I don't know that we've actually played this as a group. Do you but, own this too? Uh, yes, I have the base game. Huh. As a, more more of like a recent purchase, just based on uh, playing it down at my uh, other friend's house. Okay. But uh, kind of a nice drafting game. Change things up with the different decks. There, I, the the guy I play with, uh, he's pretty much owns every single expansion so yeah. it ends up being a 45 minute discussion of what cards we're going to play with before we actually get to play the game so just randomize that i know but they like their favorites and everybody wants the witch and so it ends up being a whole debate on what cards to play with but i think it's a great great quick drafting game fun you know changeable so it's different all the time yeah yeah this is the original deck builder and it's still my favorite of all of them and i don't like deck builders that much but i i still have dominion uh, my number nine is Dead of Winter. Wow, I'm surprised it's that low. Got well, two. yeah, I I was a little surprised where this ended up on my list, to be honest, when I made the list. You know, I, I did my list by just comparing games side by side and deciding which one I'd rather play, and eventually the, the good ones filtered to the top. And yeah, I was I was a little shocked. But, you know, this is a really good game. Uh, it, it replaced Battlestar Galactica for me. I like the theme better of BSG, but... Dead of Winter is it just has better mechanics. The theme is still good. The games I think are shorter. The the rules are a lot easier to understand. Like every time we played Battlestar, no matter how many times we'd played it before, we were constantly referring to the rule book. And with Dead of Winter, I feel like we learned it and we're like a fourth of the way through the first game we knew all the rules. Yeah, yeah. even even with no zombie trader in the game, you still have the secret goal. That's what makes Dead of Winter a great game. The yeah. secret goal. Yeah, that extra goal and I like the crossroads cards. It, it gives the person who isn't playing something to do. Yeah. Uh which helps with the downtime issue. So uh yeah, this is a great game and and indirectly got me into uh what became one of my favorite TV shows, The Walking Dead. Walking Dead. So I went in reverse order there, but uh anyways, yeah, Dead of Winter for me, number nine. It's a good game. Number eight. Coming in at number eight is Kalos. So this is a game we've played a few times. Uh, I haven't played it in a while. Yeah. And I think that influenced me to uh, put this on my list in general. You know, it's the classic worker placement game. And we've had, we played this game at Gen Con. That's where we learned how to play. And then we played a few times since then. The iPad version is really good for anybody out there who wants to play solo. I don't know, nothing nothing flashy about it. It just is what it is, but it does it really well. I like this game a lot, and I think as I was thinking about what games I w- would put in my list, this is one we haven't played in a while, and it's I, we've never not had fun playing this game. Yeah. You know the last time we played this was was Gen Con 2014, that game where Dave didn't build anything? Oh my god, I think you're right. 
That was the yeah. last time we played. I think you're right. No, you mean when he built everything. What did he do? He built everything and did nothing else. Well, he, he didn't build the, the castle. castle. Yeah. All he did was purchase properties along the path. That's all he did. Yeah, and he, he like monopolized all the stone, I think. Yeah. Or something weird. Yeah. I, maybe that soured us on it because Dave won. <laughs> Well, if memory serves, you, you had something to do with that. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. call me the kingmaker of that game, but I was playing for myself. That's true. I'm, your list is, is surprising me. Games that I thought were your favorites are You're low. comparing yeah. it to another dimension. Yeah, apparently. You know, in, in the... I don't remember Dominion in, in the other dimension either. No, 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 because I had to redo it for what I want to do now. Right, right. What so. are you guys talking about? It's just a different know. reality. I think I had a dream. It's like a deja vu. <laughs> Okay, Tim, go ahead. All right, my number eight is King of Tokyo. I love this as a nice, quick filler game. You know, especially when we get our bigger group here. Someone finishes early. This is a great game. Breakout. Can play something pretty quick, half an hour, and just go around, roll some dice, and beat each other up. Yeah. Yeah. The King of Tokyo is responsible for the board game food truck. You're right. The king, wow. of, the king of Tokyo was the ham sandwich. That's right. Nice. And it just was, it was always there. It was reliable. You know, it's good, but it's not going to overwhelm you. And it still is. Well, what we it need to do, is. too, we haven't broken up the power-ups part of this game yet, which is the expansion. Which, which we should do. I which mean, we should do. It's such an easy thing to add in. Yeah, so. It just gives every, every monster suddenly has a special ability. You roll so three hearts, and you get to do this evolution, and each of the evolutions is different based on the... This is actually when it comes down to what monster you're playing, because the evolutions are different by monster. Yeah. Nice. So then you can I get like a it. favorite monster. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, we should we should do that. Why wouldn't we do that? It's I like, don't know. You know yeah. It's like Cult Express, but without the... I think we're just scared. We've always <laughs> been scared to add in extra rules to games we already know. I, I feel like that's a problem in our group. Well, let's, let's do it. This is my favorite. I would say... Uh, for games that are just kind of random, this is my favorite by far. Yeah. King of Tokyo. It's a great game. I like it better than King of New York, too. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of King of New York. Yeah. I like King of Tokyo better, yeah. just the simplicity of it. Yeah. I don't need strategy in King of Tokyo. Right, I, I agree. It's, roll it's, dice and kill people. Your whole strategy is whether or not to be in Tokyo. That's, that's your strategy. Yeah. Good choice, Tim. Uh, my number eight is a newish game that we've been playing this year. I think both you guys like this game, and that is Roll for the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I have something to say about Roll for the Galaxy, and that is, for any of you out there that have the game Race for the Galaxy, which is, I believe, rated higher than Roll for the Galaxy, just do yourself a favor, pour some gasoline on it, and light a match to it, because you do not need it anymore. Roll for the Galaxy is a way better game than Race for the Galaxy. has custom dice, of course, still a strategic game, and it has... Icons and text, both. What a that, novel idea. Uh, that alone is worth it. You know, Race of the Galaxy, if they re-released it with text and icons, I would be fine. But it, I just had such a hard time with that game, no matter how many times I played it. I, I've probably played it 10 to 15 times, and I still don't know what the icons mean. It, it just It's just not, they're not intuitive for me. I know other people get it, but I don't. Uh, but Roll for the Galaxy, who cares about Race for the Galaxy anymore? And they're coming out with an expansion for it. Just- yeah, we should point out, though, you are a dice bigot. You like, <laughs> dice you, you like the dice games. You'll favor them over the card games, yeah. just just to put a little asterisk by that. Yeah. Because we might have some, some listeners out there who prefer uh, Race for the Galaxy. Yeah, you know, and you know they have a right to be wrong. It's okay. Well, uh, they feel free to email Ryan and tell him what you really think. <laughs> Out of game podcast at gmail.com. Attention, Ryan. Uh, but yeah, you know, I do I do tend to like games with dice better because it's dice are cool components and I like to roll them. There's a nice cups in there. I thought that was a nice touch. So roll for the galaxy. <laughs> My number eight. Number seven. Number seven is a game we've played 
a lot, but we did not play this year. And oh. that is Werewolf. Oh, at the Gen Con, the traditional right. Traditional fifteen player variety. Yeah, so many good games of this. Uh it's I don't know if it's technically a board game, but you know, you do get a card. It does have you. cards. So, you know, obviously another social game. Uh, a lot of deduction. We've had many, many, many classic moments, a lot of metagaming with Werewolf. There's a lot of variety of um, derivations of, of Werewolf. We've talked about Witch Hunt. We've talked about uh, Ultimate Werewolf, which we tried yeah. at Gen Con. Yeah. There's, so there's a lot of variations of the game, but it deserves a slot somewhere. And we're up till 3 a.m. playing this game when they've got this going on at the convention. So... Definitely giving it up. Number seven, Werewolf. Nice. We had a bad first experience with Ultimate because the moderator didn't reveal. And I think that was the stupidest thing ever. It's a lot of people like doing it that way. It's it's kind I of... I hate that. Yeah, yeah. so in, just to explain, so in, in the game of Ultimate Werewolf, they you, you have everybody has a role. It's right. not just werewolf, uh, villager werewolf. It's You've got something to do. And they, the the game we played, the moderator did not announce your role when you were killed, which is which is stupid. It's gosh dang dumb. <laughs> That's right. She's so downright squirrely. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. I don't know why I did that. Uh, I think that ruined it. We got to try that again next year. But I, I want to play regular werewolf again next year. I I missed that big time this year. Go Tim. All right, and mine is bang the dice game, right? The card game. Oh. Yeah, it's because the dice game is is horrible. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> what? Why isn't the card game horrible? I I just think it's, there's the there's the, no. I mean the, the dice game is faster. The dice, yeah. Well, that means you you get out faster and you have to sit around longer waiting for the game to end. Sort of. I don't know about that logic. I don't know. I you know I just think that I, I like having sort the I, once, I like having the cards in my hand. I like being able to decide when or when I don't want to shoot somebody as opposed to I roll a gun and I have to shoot somebody. The Indians, I actually have to play when it's maybe advantageous to me as opposed to randomly rolling dice and, oh, here come the Indians. So just more strategy, just better. I, I like it better. Bang the Dice game made Bang tolerable for me. I don't think ultimately that I really like either game. Though. That's because you're a dice bigot. I think so. <laughs> I, 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 I like the, you know, this is like the social werewolf game except it's you know maybe if instead of it being a sheriff and two deputies maybe it was a vampire and two werewolves no, I, you I, guys might like it more i i don't like the, no, the reason my problem with the card game and you have to refresh my memory because it's been a while since we played i felt like when i was getting first of all the dice game is bad no oh, right? yeah. being the dice game is bad because it's it, if you roll the best you're going to win the game yeah so so there's that. But the random factor with the card game came into play when people are shooting me for reasons that are random. Like, in other words, I'm getting shot not by logic, but just by that somebody wanted to play a, a bang card against me. Well, but I mean, this is no worse than the, them rolling the die and you, you have but to it, shoot somebody. But, and you can only have range one. So you actually know that you're an outlaw with two outlaws to your left and right. And you have no choice but to shoot your outlaw friend. Which well, is just, yeah, I can't I can't argue that. That's point. just bad. Yeah. Bang. Bang. <laughs> Another game that Tim has. We don't need to pull this one out, though. Oh, I, I believe you. I don't need to see it. Uh, my number seven is another game I used to bring that I stopped bringing that I should start bringing again because it's a great game. And that is Survive Escape from Atlantis. So this was number 12 before, so it didn't quite make wow. my list before. Uh, but this is one of the games I have owned the longest. And it's 
creeped up my list. Wow. We haven't even played. How can he creep up? Because I played with uh, Esther and I, well, actually I've only really played with my family and uh, oh. like people who don't, aren't into gaming. I'll use this to introduce them to gaming because it's real easy to learn and it's real fun. So in Survive, basically you have, you have like a tribe on the island of Atlantis while it's sinking and you're trying to escape to adjacent islands. And there's, there's like these awesome components of like wood boats that you get in and you can move and you're trying to move your guys away, but other people can jump in your boat. And then like on my turn, I'll control the boat. But then on Chris's turn, he'll control the boat because he's in there. And then there's also like octopuses, octopi, 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 octopuses, octopi. (laughs) And there's whales and sharks and you roll a die. There you go. Custom die. And on the die, whatever you roll on your turn, you get to control that animal. So if I roll a shark, I get to take a shark for anywhere and move it and kill one, someone that's swimming. So this is like Sharknado with whales and octopi. <laughs> yeah. And then nice. the whales will, uh, will, will break the boat, but the swimmers will live. And then there's sea monsters that will kill boats and people. It, it's, it's a really fun game. It, you're just trying to get your guys off to the islands and then... The island is sinking, which is cool. It's like a 3D island, and there's these tiles that are you're taking off, and it kind of represents it sinking. Interesting. So we got it. We got some games happening tonight. I think I brought this one with me. Can't All remember. Right. Well, actually. then I think we should give it a roll. I want to try Kermit. Let's Kermit. Play. Yeah. I didn't bring it. I couldn't fit it in the bag. Oh, man, that's not. Well, come on, that, Kermit. That's not a good really reason. Small. I mean, <laughs> I brought uh, Pandemic. And I brought oh, Survive, yeah. and there's some talk of Puerto Rico. Anyway, no one cares what we're playing tonight. So that's my, uh, my number seven, Survive Escape from Atlantis. Number six. Number six is very related to my number seven. Number six is One Night Ultimate Werewolf. It's the game Tim and Ryan are both quite tired of. I'm a werewolf. Tim, that's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. He tends to get the werewolf card like far more than he should. Yeah. The statistical about, average is about 80%, I think. Yeah, and there's two cards in there. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> so we've had a lot of good times playing this game, and it goes. it's a great game for anybody with attention problems, and we want to move it along quickly. you got a timer. People are forced to talk to each other to try to figure things out. Every game is different, in theory. Yeah, in theory. And... Uh, it's, it was a no-brainer this game would make my list. Uh, we played. We also played at Gen Con in one of the tournaments, and it was a, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so, One and Ultimate Werewolf, number six. So, the good news for our listeners is that because Tim and I are tiring of this game, <laughs> we might not talk about it as much. Chris, you know, will probably bring it up every episode. No, I, I won't bring it I think the, the general trader game is something that we talk about more than the, the yeah, normal but- gamer. And I think that goes to the, the quote-unquote werewolf thing. But um, you're right about this specific game that I like this game more than you guys do. Yeah, but I did kickstart One Night Ultimate Vampire. So that'll be yeah. coming early next year. And so you'll be here. You're not excited to see that? Huh? You're not excited to see that game? No, I am. Okay. I, I, I'm hoping it will refresh it for me. Because okay. there are some new mechanics in there and stuff. I'm just... I don't know. I'm just tired of doing the same thing over and over again. Well, I mean, Every this, game is this, different. This is my... Favorite of this genre type of game, so I mean that's what makes it easier. The eight minute game is huge. I'm yeah. actually thinking we could we could move into doing more party ish games rather than doing trader games all the time. Like Code Names. When I get that game, I think you guys will really like that. Code game. Names contest. By the way, don't forget to enter. All right, Tim, your oh, number six. Right, my number six is uh, Sickle Ads. <laughs> <laughs> so we have three different pronunciations for the record. This game has three different ways to pronounce and it. I'm never going to say it like that again, so... Okay. 
I just wanted to be funny. I'm pretty sure this is probably going to show up on another list here. Uh, this is just a great game. I've enjoyed this one every time we've played. It's kind of the strategy along with the dynamic of sea versus land battles. So, yeah. it's gotta, talking about make Cyclades, it. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, just making sure. So is that related to Cyclades? It's kind of the same thing, yeah. I think it's like the three islands set out there, yeah. The trifecta? The trifecta, that's it. <laughs> So my number six is Caverna the Cave Farmers. Caverna. (laughs) Everyone's done choking. So this has moved down my list from number three because I can't get people to play it with me. At least not you guys. Uh, I would play, actually. I could could probably get my other group to play it, but I usually focus on playing new games because I'm the game dictator. Uh, But Caverna the Cave Farmers, the best game by Uwe Rosenberg by far. It's not saying much. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of the best game designers of all time. This is the number three game on Board Game Geek, by the way. So, Chris, I have to say that you're wrong. They well, can't all the be The people wrong. have spoken. Five-hour games just don't do it. Yeah, Nothing. well... Coming from the supremacy I, player. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, those games... You know what, though? When I played Supremacy, I never had a spider make a web on me like I did when we played Caverna. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that game was crazy long. Yeah, I mean, just the setup, the spiders came out. Yeah, the setup yeah. is really long. Yeah. I will... I will give you that even point. the teardown was long teardowns are typically not uh, quicker than the, well, than the setups dave walked away and we yeah. had to pull his stuff away too that's right yeah dave for anybody who doesn't know he has a tendency i think we, we pick on him on our, in, our, in our podcast <laughs> he'll like just he'll just leave when it's time to put the game away convert to the cave farmers it's one of the biggest games on my shelf and my number six one of the longest <laughs> number five number five would be puerto rico what are ah. It's a game, again, you know, going by the definition of this list, what games are your current favorite? What would you want to play? Yeah, Puerto Rico is one of those games that when it was described to me, it sounded fun. You know, uh, a lot of people like it. It's one of those highly acclaimed games. It's older, but for me, I'm kind of a newcomer to the game. We played at Gen Con on our last day. Got going pretty quickly, and we had a, we had a good time playing that game. Trevor stole my backpack, and then <laughs> after we got that back... You know, we finished up the game. It was a good time. I enjoyed that game a lot. I'd like to play that again sometime. Uh, my number five is a repeat. It is Dead of Winter. Oh. So that's that's a game that we've all had all on our list. All three of our lists. Yes. That's great. So mathematically, that's probably the best game of all time. Well, it could be. <laughs> Dead of Winter, anything to say about Dead of Winter? What else is there to say? We kind of talked about it already. What's your favorite thing about Dead of Winter, Tim? You know, I like the kind of the, the missions and the secret goals. Probably one of my favorite parts. So it's like... I, there's been several times that our one friend Chris has been doing very squirrely things towards the end of the round. You're debating whether he's a traitor or not, and it turns out he's just trying to meet his secret mission, even though he's not yeah. the traitor. So it's it's uh, the one game that I was a traitor. You were on to me though. Yeah, I remember you. you not quite enough to to do anything like to exile me, but close. I remember I was worried. You you were kind very of, close. You're the the one person that was on to me. Yeah. So I forgot something that I love about this game that I didn't discover until Gen Con. Which custom is, dice? <laughs> it does have custom die. When I was I was a trader in our Gen Con game, and it, I noticed as a trader, I felt like I had, I, I felt like I had a, a great, I could have a potentially greater negative impact on the game when I revealed myself, and I screwed up when I revealed myself. But because of the way they do the turn order, where there's a time where you'll get two turns in a row. And if I if I did this didn't occur to me while I was playing, but yeah. you could you could time when you reveal yourself, and you could totally sabotage the game two turns in a row, and there'd be like nothing that you guys could have done about it. And I I, I was so annoyed when that occurred to me too late, like a turn too late. 
Yeah, yeah, the turn order is very important with the reveal. Yeah, but I just felt like there was so much more to do, and then because you you have the ability to jack with the the um, the the current mission you're trying to do, and make them bomb it, and that would bring down morale, and you could do that twice in a row, and there'd be no way for them. People yeah, the to one you. the one difficult thing about being the traitor and dead of winter though too is you have a secret goal in addition to wanting everybody to yeah. lose. I remember that was the challenge I had was I still had to fulfill something. I couldn't just sabotage everything right. like in BSG. You just you just don't want the humans to win. Right. In this you really have to be careful because you have to meet your goal or else you don't win. Right. Right. So there yeah, there's definitely a timing aspect, but I feel like if you could time it just right, you could definitely jack with the game way more than any other game like this. Yeah. In my opinion. So yeah, Dead of Winter. Obviously we all like that game. So my number five has jumped this is the biggest mover on my list it jumped from number 27 to number five wow and that is the game seasons so Mm. i know that you guys have only played this a couple of times what i discovered about this game is that i like it much better as a two-player game i would probably play it with three i don't think i would ever play it with four again wow but i but if i had a choice i'd play it with two it has so many things i like it has drafting has custom dice it has tableau building those are like three of my favorite things about gaming and what i also discovered about this game is it took it takes all the things that i used to like about magic the gathering and they're all in this game to the point that i don't even feel like i need to play magic anymore judge (laughs) (laughs) And, and the problem i have with magic is even if you have an awesome combo built into your deck it, it's sometimes very difficult to get it out so you have to do all this stuff just to be able to get your combo out and and i think this is why i like tableau building games where you're you're putting cards out in front of you that combo with each other to, to make your engine more efficient. Uh, Seasons is like that. So it's it's like a, a building a combo deck in Magic, but you get your cards out and they're just out the whole game. So you get to reuse those abilities all the time. So do you find it's easier to get those combos when there's less people playing? Or why is, what's the quantity of people difference? I think the quantity of people difference is probably due to the drafting because at the beginning you draft you start with nine cards and you just draft with two people but you're like really building your deck during that time it's only a nine card deck quote-unquote deck but like you know i'll hand you a card but i'll be there's a really good chance i'm getting back another card that i want so i'm thinking okay i'm gonna get that card right back so i'll take this one that's that's more important and then hopefully you know tim will hand me that other one so it's easier to to build it, have more have control over the deck that you build. Gotcha. I think that might be it. Plus, it's the the turns take kind of long, so there's some downtime. But with two people, you know, it's just back and forth, so the downtime issue isn't there. So seasons, I have all the expansions for it. it. It's it's a great game. I, I highly suggest you try this game if you haven't. It's my number five. Number four. Number four is kind of a crazy game. I'm one of the few people I think that likes this game. <laughs> Space Cadets Dice Duel. Oh, my Uh, God. It's been like two years since we've played that. It hasn't been that long. Yeah, it has. It probably has. Two years? It was like before last year's think I think it might have been before uh, Mod and Sarah moved away. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I I love this game. It's it's been really... This this is one of those games that just was a lot of fun for me. I love how chaotic it is and crazy, and there's just people rolling dice. It's pandemonium. But the one asterisk I would put as a caveat... For this game being number four, is there's got to be a moderator. Every time we've done it, there's been a moderator. Even though I think it takes eight people to play, yeah, we've always had an extra yeah. out there who sort of facilitated it because you need somebody who can be fair because it's it's completely asynchronous. It's a real time game, 
So you have to uh, have some fairness with who says what first. Right. Because uh, that sort of thing is important. But, uh, yeah, this is a great game. I love it. I love the, the multi-processing that goes on with watching the things happening. And, you know, where I, I can never win a game of Dominion, for example, and it's one of the reasons I don't like the game. Although I kind of oh. want to play it again. I, I just can't win that game. This is the kind of game that it just is built for the way my mind works. It's just yeah. complete pandemonium. It's like an ADHD-approved game. Yeah. <laughs> to put like a stamp on it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's, yeah. it's, it's a good game. We probably you'll never play it again because you need it's a lot of people you need. Yeah, and not that many people like it, but um, it deserves a spot there. I would play this again as long as we knew we were only playing it once, at, like the beginning of the night. Yeah, when we started playing it multiple times in a row, yeah. uh, it just got to be too much. So, you know, like sometimes when we're at the beginning of the night, we have eight or nine people and we're trying to find a half hour game to play. And we usually do like seven wonders or something. I would def- I would play this if someone had it as, yeah. as yeah. long as we put it away after the first game. Yeah, it's one of those games. that's it lends itself to large groups because right. you need to have the people for it. So, yeah, I, I'd be ready to pull that one out again. It's been long enough. Cool. I could go in a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> Tim's number four. Number four, Imperial Assault. Ah. Yes, I have bought this one now. It's on my shelf. Really, uh, unfortunately, I can't play it with my brother yet because he refuses to play until I get the next expansion, which has a different PC player that comes in because he basically wants to play that guy and it's not part of the basic set. So. Who? Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. Okay. Is it someone from like the, the extended universe or is it, it from the actual movies? I you know I'm, I'm actually I'm not positive. Okay. He was doing some. Re- I told him I bought the game. He went up online, did some research, and he said I didn't want to play this guy. I'm like, he's not in the base set. He's like, well, then we can't play until we get the base set. What that the one. heck? So it's out. It's, it. it's out. It's available. So I'll probably pick it up so I can start this one up. Uh, but this kind of rings back to you know I used to play the um, Wizards of the Coast miniatures with Star Wars and uh, kind of seems real similar the tiles and everything. So I'm really looking forward to getting into this one and doing the campaign mode. Okay, so I, I have a question though. Have you played this game yet? I have not played Whoa. it yet, but it is on my list because that's how badly I want to play it. So this this is a good time it's for me to version because I used to have some games on my list that I hadn't finished playing. But there's a difference. My 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 magic number is not you know yeah. double digits and stuff. So this 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 will happen, <laughs> you know, very shortly. It's 37 by the way. 37. Still at 37. Yeah, wow. it's fluctuating right around there. Well, this was my island game, the game that I would knock Dave over the head with and then play with everyone else <laughs> in the island. How can you beat that? Yeah. Uh, there's also a uh, there's a two-player head-to-head game in there, too, in that box. Yes, there is. It's, and that's that's kind of where it shucks back to the Wizards of the Coast version, which was pretty much a head-to-head. Okay. You built your 100-point crew and went and attacked. They got the same thing built into this one. Actually, I did see that they were actually doing this at Gen Con. They were doing tournaments with yeah. the the head-to-head stuff so. i've heard that i think i've mentioned this before but people who own this game after they've played through the campaign enough they they like the longevity of the game is in the head-to-head game yeah not the campaign so eh, worth holding on to yeah worth worth checking out so my number four i think is gonna surprise you guys a bit because it's higher than another game on my list that i already mentioned in the same category and that is the game shadows over Camelot. wow yeah, I can't believe after a couple we've had that that's up that high. And, yeah, but, and you said Dead of Winter obsoleted Shadows over. No, it obsoleted BSG. That's true. So uh, I think maybe eventually we wouldn't. If I wouldn't have soured on BSG, I think Shadows may have passed it eventually. It, that's what logic is telling me. Wow, I don't think Shadows has dice, does it? Yes, it does. But they're they're Use normal. Check your points. They're like normal. <laughs> No, because like when you attack a catapult and stuff, you're rolling. Yeah, it's just a standard die. Yeah, it's just mm. like a normal die. 
there's something about the. I think it's the theme that I like, and I like the game's easy to teach, and it's easy to understand if you if you've ever played poker. The the rules are very simple. You're basically, just laying down poker hands. But I don't know. The miniatures are cool. You know, there's a lot of Monty Python jokes in there when you're playing. It plays good. up to eight people and doesn't it doesn't detract from the game, which I think is it good. does a little bit because of the length. The length, because yeah, you're when it's not your turn, it's not your turn. And you're waiting. And when it is your turn, it's everybody's turn. If you know what I mean. Well, there is that too. Yeah, but there's some group decisions that are happening because it's a co-op game. I don't know. I, I just think I think the the board is beautiful, and this game is an older game. This is one of the first co-op games actually that came out, and it's it's stood the test of time. I, I just think this is a really fun game. Yeah, I I would probably have this on my list if we had the asterisk that there was turn limits, there's time limits yeah. with everybody's turn because it, it just kills the game when the turns take too long for me. But I, I can't disagree with your review of the game. It is a fun game. Yeah, and this has jumped from number 17 for me. So if you don't have this game or you haven't jump. played it, yeah. and you like trader games especially, you have to play this. Uh, Shadows Over Camelot, my number four. Number three. Number three is a game Tim mentioned a couple minutes ago, Magic the Gathering. Oh, yeah. So, well, you know, why don't we just get it over with? Because my number three is Magic the Gathering. All right, well, uh, we, so we have just, a dual number three. Let's just do a double. Yeah, so <laughs> a lot of good times playing this game. I still like it. It holds up. They release new expansions probably too often. They definitely do that too often. It's a fun game. You know, you can play in a fair way where it's sealed deck or booster draft, so it's not the guy with the best cards winning. It's very competitive. It's very dynamic, and you have to be reactive as you're playing. This, it's very tactical. You know, you've got to constantly change what you're doing based on what's happening. And uh, I think all CCGs are like that. But this is just a classic game. Uh, very easy to play rule wise. You know, just reduce your opponent to zero. But yeah, Magic the Gathering. Yeah, I think it's it's got a lot of those great easy components of how to play and you know what you're trying to do. But then the cards themselves define what they do so it's like you don't need to reference a rule book typically because everything that the card does is on the card right. so it's, it's kind of great in that aspect and i know a difference is when i started playing magic it was group magic i was playing with five or six people and we all sat down and it was, it was just a a big melee between five or six people and you're just trying to take people out and we started to notice that people would like feel bad if they killed someone so then we started doing the whole Thing, putting a price on someone's head so when you took them out you gained 10 life for taking someone out of the game so then it became That's much more cutthroat and the games went quicker because now it was like advantageous to knock someone out so that you could gain up and hit someone else yeah because when you're eliminated in, in group magic you're you're just watching yeah you're just point. a spectator That's, at that no point good. wouldn't there be a kill shot problem with that though with teaming up like with the 10 point because you'd want to be the one to yeah. well you need to be the one to do it though so you really don't want to team up because well, well i mean but but then you're just basically the guy who gets the kill shot gets the yeah, 10 so you're not yeah. going i'm not going after ryan because i'm going to reduce him so that you can get the kill shot and so now i don't want to go after him right well i mean there's you you want to make sure that you know that you're going to kill him yeah I, I see. You know, I, I think I would like group magic better because I'm just bad at the head-to-head game. It gives you more time for your deck to develop, which is one of the nice things, which is probably yeah. what you have an issue with your deck is the development part of it, getting to a place where you're safe and protected and then can start being more aggressive. Yeah, well, it, by doing a group game, it, it would bring in my ability to negotiate with people. And I think that would give me a, a better chance in a game like yeah. that. Yeah. So I, My winning percentage would go down. If you think about it, because sure. everyone knows I'm no threat with my actual deck, so they'd be willing. Everyone, people would be willing to team up with me because they know they can just kill me when they want to. So it would increase my chances of doing well. Yeah, 
Yeah, you see, maybe you should just go with like the whole walls and balls because then you get the walls up, protect yourself, and then you start throwing out those fireballs. Yeah, that was one of my favorite games that I played as walls and balls deck. Fireballed my brother to death, forked it, killed Ed, forked it, killed Bob. Game was over. I won. So you're using banned cards? Well, they're not banned in our group. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, fork broken. Fork. Could be broken. Yes, <laughs> I want to try the commander card. format too. Actually, where you have like I, we actually did that a bunch too. That's that's actually a lot of fun is too. Is that where you have a hundred cards and they're all different? That's the one. No, that's there. There can be only one. Yeah, but the commander deck is where you've got the main person and then he's got his two generals. Oh, that's the group. And thing. then you can you only have your reach of one. So I don't know what I'm thinking of. It's they might have renamed it actually. It could be, but it's where you have a hundred cards and they all have to be different. And yeah, I was always I always heard that as the Highlander deck. Okay. Yeah, but anyways, I want to try that because I think that would be a, a fun way to to play some of your rares that you only have one of. Yeah. Of course, I sold all my rares, so it wouldn't help me. But. Yeah, no no paper printouts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I can't fault that choice, although I think this would be a Hall of Fame game for me or an all-time game. Yeah. I've kind of moved past Magic. And speaking of, I'm looking for... I know I mentioned Seasons was a replacement. I'm looking for... it. The, the one thing Seasons doesn't have is like the actual combat part of Magic. So I'm looking for a board game replacement. If any of our listeners out there uh, have any suggestions for me, I'd appreciate it. But don't don't say Android Netrunner, please. I hate that game. So my number three is another new game that we've been playing this year, and that is Five Tribes. <coughs> what? You don't no, like you don't, this you don't game? Like that one? I decided to hate Five Tribes. Really? I'll still play it. It's one of those. It's I have a love hate relationship with this game. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it is dumb. But I get drawn into, I get, <laughs> I get drawn into the mechanic. The mechanic is so weird, yeah, and it's different. Like that Mancala I like it. with yeah, Chris doesn't know what Mancala is. What we established this in an earlier episode. Oh my god, is that a dance? Oh, it's a macarena. No, so, it's the macarena. Yeah, yeah the, the, the idea of, the, of how you're, you know, the the way the board works and the way you move your meeples and stuff is very different. I like it. I like it, but it, there, there's a dumb thing about this game, and it's it's undeniably dumb. And to be fair, it plays to the thing that bothers me most about board gaming. That's when people take too long on their turns. If you want to win this game, all you have to do is sit there for 20 minutes and study the board. Sweep up and down with your eyes and look at all the different combinations because there's a lot. And once you find that magic combination, the best possible move that you can make, then then you do that. Now, what happens is once you do that, the person whose turn is next, the board has changed now. So now they get to do the same thing again. So now let's 20 times 20 times. So, so we're talking about an hour per turn. If you wanted to, if you really wanted to exhaust all of your options. So, you know, obviously people don't do that. So what you do when it's your turn is you just kind of make this balance between how good of a turn do I want to do uh, versus how much do I want to annoy everybody by taking my time. And then you make your move and then it's, it's either a subpar move or it's brilliant. But well, there's sometimes too that your move, the other person didn't affect. So you can take your turn right away because you've already planned your move and it didn't get messed up. So you can just go ahead and take it. Yeah, that's true. So you want what you want is speed five tribes. Yes. Kind of like speed chats, yes. but speed five tribes. Yes, so, I would like speed. I would take less than 30 seconds to make your decision. And if it's not that good, then... And, and if there, if somebody has to leave the game, other people shouldn't be able to study the board. We should put a blanket over the board or something. We could, you so know what we could do, no honestly. Extra... And, and by the way, my, my number three is getting hijacked by negativity. Oh, sorry. I just want to point sorry. that out. But <laughs> we could do a shot clock if we wanted to. We could do a shot clock on the turns. There's actually... I've seen people do that with other games just yeah. to speed the turns up. But... 
don't listen to Chris. This is a great game. No. It's a and no matter what people, I know Chris is going to argue this, but I think it's a very tactical game where in on your turn because the board just changed, you're basically deciding what's the best I can do. Like Chris was saying, that that's the definition of tactics, which are that's the type of games that I tend to like the best. So I like figuring that out, but I I've never played a game of this that lasts more than an hour and a half. Usually it's an hour or less. So no, even though theoretically... That's because people are taking Chris the best right. possible turn, though. Theoretically, Chris is right. People don't do that in games, right. unless they're extremely annoying people. We don't have anyone in our group that would do that. So, And I, I always have that balance of how much am I annoying people in any game I play versus how good of a move am I making. So, you know, that's part of gaming. Uh, maybe it's... No, I, that I don't agree with. It's not always part of gaming. Like, in any of the other games we've listed... King of Tokyo, uh, Dead of Winter, games like that. Th- there's only so much time you can take on your turn before. I mean, there's really nothing brilliant that you're going to see on the board in Dead of Winter that's going to really change your turn because all the cards are face down. Essentially, you really don't know what who who the traitor is if there is one. With this game, there's so much at stake with the chaos on the board, which is both very cool and very annoying. It's this cra- crazy, like, diametric problem I have with this. The board is is cool, but it's also frustrating because there's so many different things you can do. And if you want to do the right one, you really have to sit and think about it. And I'm not a perfectionist, which is why I always lose at this game. You, you know what I think maybe your problem is? Is because of your, multi, your multitasking, it's like an overload for you. I think it's blitzing out your brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's happening. That explains a lot. <laughs> Well, anyways, a great game. My number three, Five Tribes. Number two. Number two is a game that I think I will have no argument with, and that's Alien Frontiers. Uh-huh. Alien Frontiers is a great game. Never played this game and not liked it. In fact, typically, the more I've played this game, the more I've liked it. A good measure of a, how good, how much you like a game, I think, is whether or not you've enjoyed the game when you didn't win or when things yeah. maybe didn't go your way. Uh, and this is one of those games, no matter how it, things fall out, I always have fun with this game. And, you know, you can break it down and look at, see why you won, why you lost. You know, the, the way the worker placement works with the dice is cool. It's very tactical. As Ryan just brought up the idea of tactics in the game, you don't know what you're going to do on your turn until you take your turn. Right. And so there's really not, studying isn't going to help you the way it will in Five Tribes. And so it, it's a very it's a very fun game. It's, every time we've played, it's been great. So definitely in my number two game. Uh, my number two was X Wing. Ah, so more uh, miniatures slash Star Wars. More miniatures and Star Wars. Yes. So this is um, this is a great tactical game. Dropping new ships. Wave seven is a pretty recent release. Still got a chance to fly some K wings against my brother uh, a couple weeks ago and uh, totally annihilated him. Great game for tactical space fun. Ships are varied based on types and stuff like that. And they've done a really good job of making the ships feel different. So an X-Wing feels different than an A-Wing, feels different than a Y-Wing. So uh, we've been really enjoying this. And my, my only problem with the game is it's got so many parts. Uh. There's not enough Plano containers on the Earth to like organize <laughs> this thing properly. I've I've tried and tried and tried. And I, you know, I think I finally got it down to like four boxes. I got, I got a box for my ships. I got a box for the uh, the doodads that you put out while you're playing focus tokens, etc. I got a box for the dials for the ships, and I got another box that has all my cards in it. 
Do you have a box to put all those boxes in? I know. Those are all just kind of loose. Thank God we usually go over to uh, my parents' house to play. So I've just left it all there in my brother's old bedroom. And so when we go, I just pull it down from there. Nice. Okay. So travel not needed. I would have to have a box to put the boxes in. You would. You, but the problem is you probably need a uh, forklift after that or something to, <laughs> to, to move it around properly. I've never played this game. I don't know why. Maybe we'll have to bust this one out. Yeah, it's, I, I just didn't picture it as this group's kind of cup of tea because it's really kind of a tactical dogfight. It's really what yeah. you're doing. It's a dogfight. I want to try. I've never done any miniatures game at all, so I think this is a good one to start with. This is pretty, Yeah, you could play pretty simple rules, You know, kind of skip a lot of the extra stuff and... Yeah. You know, you're meant to play it with the starter set, which basically means you've got two TIE fighters flying against an X-Wing. So that's about as simple as you can get. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we have you on the podcast, Tim, because you're mentioning games that Chris and I have never played and never would have mentioned. So it's... uh... Anyways, my number two is an old game that's new to me, and that is the granddaddy of all area control games, El Grande. So... El Grande. I think I got one of those at Starbucks earlier. (laughs) (laughs) So El Grande, I don't know, this game came out a while ago. It's an older game, and it's been out of print. This is my Grail game. I mentioned Grail games before. It's coming back into print uh, in November. And I can't wait. I'm going to be ordering it as soon as I see it. You're not going to let Esther get that for you for Christmas? No, she wouldn't buy me games for Christmas. (laughs) Are we kidding? So uh, El Grande, uh, it's it's just an amazing game. I got to, I had played this only online before. And I thought it was really fun. It's another tactical game where every round there's like cards coming out that allow you to do different things with your with your guys out on the board, trying to take over different areas and score points. And it's just a perfect game. I would call this a perfect game, perfectly designed game. Why is that number one then? Because there's a there's another perfect game that's better. Wow, <laughs> it's more perfect. Yeah, and. I got to play it in person. James brought it all the way from California just so we could play it at Gen Con, uh, which I really appreciated. Had a blast playing it. Solidified the fact that this is a great game. My number two, El Grande. I figured out what Ryan's number one game is. Oh, did you? If it's more perfect. Perfection. The game Perfection. <laughs> yes. That's the only game that could be more know. perfect. It's actually know. called Perfection. Huh? The unsteady hand. Uh, just oh, yeah, that's true. That's just not good. <laughs> Okay. Number one. <laughs> Number one best game of all time is the perfect game for me. I, I love this game. Never, ever not had fun playing this game. Cyclades. It's a oh, game that's already on Tim's list. Yes. Love this game. One, love it, love wow. it, love it. Love this game. The bidding dynamic is great. You bid to the, the, the proper Greek god, and then you know you can do that action. And It's a very cutthroat game. If you can see when people are getting ahead, team up on them a little bit. And it's it's just got a great dynamic to it. Love this game. It was a great game. Yeah, I, this isn't on my list because I've only played it once, and I decided not to put games on my list this time. That I I had, they had I had to have played them at least twice. But I suspect once I play it again, I don't know if it'll be in my top ten, but it would be pretty high up. This game is really fun. It's good. Yeah, game. it's a good game. All right, my number one. Technically, not really a board game, but uh, it's role playing. Yeah, I just you know. Got to throw it out there. That's pretty much what has led to all of this other stuff to begin with because I got into role-playing at like eight years old and it's just been the thing that's driven everything that I've done pretty much as my spare time. So, And, you know, the way me and my brothers play it, you know, we break out our, our dungeon stone, we break out our miniatures, so it becomes a board game when we do combat and stuff like that. So it's got to be number one. Yeah, RPGs deserve a slot. I didn't have it on my list, but I, I respect that. I, I could have easily been my number one too which is with all yeah. the time I, I spent and, it, and it's kind of the 
is like the gateway to a lot of the board gaming too and a lot of the the card games and stuff too so definitely rpgs deserve that so my number one probably will not be a surprise to anyone is the game alien frontiers it's back more perfect than the perfect game el grande alien frontiers has even with the board with that one home row yeah yeah just uh, the ocd ryan's ocd is takes a hit with this game because there's a flaw in the board yeah it's really annoying the, the same flaws in the rule book too and that same picture at least it's used. consistent it's maybe consistent. that's good it's annoying if they were if they produced a fifth edition i would buy it just to get the board replaced mm. anyways number one <laughs> alien frontiers <laughs> imperfections aside on the board itself the game itself is perfect has custom dice no it doesn't it doesn't have custom dice it has strategically used you, dice you could get your spaceship dice. dice which are not normally shaped so they the rocket look dice custom. yeah i heard those are kind of stupid and don't work well but it's a tactical game has a great theme has area control has tableau building something i mentioned before you know, when you're buying the cards to put out in front of you. Has a little bit of cutthroat player interaction. Mm-hmm. You can go after each other. And one thing I love about this game is you never know who's going to win. There's no That's runaway true. leader in this game. Because you could be way ahead of the beginning, but it's so easy for someone to jump up like two points and you go down two. So that's a four-point swing. Yeah. And the winning person usually only has like 13 or 14 points. So uh, this is just a, an amazing game. I, it's going to be hard to knock this down from number one for me, I yeah. think. It's, it's a great game. Alien Frontiers. Um, but I, I've decided that I'm going to post my top 50 games. Since I ranked my games actually all the way to number 80, I'm going to post my top wow. 50 wow. on the guild. So if you guys want to go out and, and check that out, cool. comment on my games and, and whatnot. But I think that wraps up uh, episode 15. Tim, once again, glad to have you on the podcast as a permanent host. Glad to be here. Uh, don't forget about our contest. Find us on our BGG guild. Find us on Twitter at OOG Podcast or Facebook if you want to see a Baron page. And I think that is pretty much it. Dice Tower Network approved podcast out of game. Thanks again to the Dice Tower for letting us on the network. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Good night. Welcome to episode 15 of Out of Game. This is Ryan. Wait, wait. <laughs> I was like, where am I? On <laughs> cut, cut, take two. All right, let's try that again. <laughs> so, for this episode of Table Talk, we, you thought you were getting two top ten lists, but no, you're getting three. Three. Top ten. And if you hear any screaming or dogs in the background, just ignore it. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of fans. What can we say? Oh, and the See, pizza has arrived. The pizza has arrived. That's kind you know, of exciting, actually. I, you uh, know, I'm going to be listening back to this later, and I'm going to be hungry when I get That's true. I'm totally hungry right now. <laughs>